able to find what we need to quench that thirst within us, where we've not been able to find what we really need to, to feed that appetite we have for God. Lord, let the divine favor of God bring all the supplements of heaven and let them begin to be a part of our life again. Thank you for favor that won't let us dry up. I don't know how old I'll be when God calls me home. I don't even know where I'll be. But I know this, I'm not going to be old man. I'm going to be old in age, but not old in spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't get nervous, honey. I, mean, I am going to get old. <laughs> but why do we have to dry up? See, I, I look at, and I don't know how many years Beth and Ink may have on me, because I'm getting close. But I look at the life that's still inside, the joy, the, the positive uh, affirmation of God in their hearts and in their face. God, people that become older in age do not have to show it as if we're losing out. God, you're not a God that, that does that, take the old people out because they're not of much use. No, no, no. God says, I want to use the older people in a greater way than even the younger people. I'll show you what miracles are about. And I think the older ones can do miracles and do them with wisdom and not kill people. <laughs> Young people go with it. They'll just hack you if they're not careful, you know. That might be why God doesn't give some of us the kind of anointing we wish he would. Hear this one. There's a grace in favor of God that actually comes upon your life tonight that removes all disgrace and every place of shame that's ever been in your life. To God, it's not good enough that you feel forgiven. That's wonderful. But God wants to remove it. Amen. He wants to remove the memory of it, the stain of it, the appearance of it. Elizabeth couldn't have children. And in those days, they put pressure on women to have children, and especially boy children, if you could have boys. Arlen Swinger, man, he would not, they, they'd not be cursed. They've got 10 grandchildren, and they're all boys from three families, three of their children, and they have all boys. Man, praise God, they're redoing the generations. <laughs> but she couldn't have children, Kent, and she went about feeling a sense of disgrace and shame. The same way with Ruth's mother-in-law, same thing. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord came to Elizabeth and God brought this divine favor thing. And he said, I will change your barrenness right now. And I will cause you to become pregnant. And she comes to her husband. And she says, guess what? The Lord has removed my shame. I have no more shame. I don't know where your shame came from. The Bible says we renounce the hidden things of shame. Some of my shame isn't even bad things I do. Sometimes my shame is just not believing I'm worthy of God. That's a shame. And God says we renounce those things. But I just want you to know all the way to the back and up here, no matter what age, you know, you can live so long you forget how shameful it was. That doesn't mean it's still not there. It just means you don't remember it all altogether. 
I know men that are so old they can't sin anymore, but they haven't ever repented yet. I don't know if they'll make it to heaven or not. They're just too old to sin. I mean, I, don't, I told God years ago, I don't want to get old and not sin. I want to not sin while I'm young, while I have the choice. But she comes to her hubby. Hey, Zach, I'm pregnant. God took my shame away. I have no dirt on me. I have nothing to be humiliated about. I am totally changed. And God, come in here tonight. We're not talking about heathens who don't love Jesus. We're talking about saints who still need God in some places of your life just to go ahead tonight and touch it with this final favor. And he says, that will no longer be even a part of your memory. There won't even be a place there that you can recognize. I love the God that wants you not to remember that stuff. In Isaiah it says that other gods, small g, in Isaiah 26, 12, other gods once lorded over me, control my life, run, run and ruin my mind. But God, by your name, you have caused them to cease and you've killed them and you've buried them. And then watch what he says, Isaiah 26, 13, I think it is. And God, not only did you only bury them, but you have erased the memories of them. I want, you to, I want the Lord to do with you what evidently he did with Joseph, because Joseph, and we preached this one time here, Joseph named his oldest son Manasseh, which just means this. After all the abuse, after all the molestation, after all the abandonment, after all the uh, uh, accusations, they accused me of being a sex offender and put me in prison for all these years. After all that, I choose to thank God. And Manasseh means, for God has caused me to forget anything and everything that ever happened to me. This is why, now listen to me carefully, I know God can bless you to go around and tell people about your old life and how bad you are, but I think more and more you're going to realize that that's not exactly what God has in mind. Because when you talk about what you did, all those things, you bring it back up again. I believe God wants you to uh, have a new testimony, and the testimony isn't that God will rescue you every time you fall, but the testimony is God keeps me from falling. That's a great testimony. There's another one I have, and uh, we're doing good. I'm trying to be good about this thing. That, by the way, that clock is two hours fast. Did you know that? <laughs> it is. Listen to this one. this one. This one blows us Pentecostals away. We don't understand this one. But there's a favor of God that wants to make your life easy. Now, I don't mean easyism like you don't have to walk with God and but he wants to take the pain out of it and the strain. I hear people all the time, it's tough being a Christian. I tell you, oh, I've been serving God and it is hard because the enemy this and the enemy that. You know what? God wants to heal that. Walking with God's not hard. Try the other way again. That's hard. If I read scriptures right, the way of the transgressor is hard. But Ruth comes up and, and, and it's a situation where she has no control. She, she, all she's doing is obeying God and following her mother-in-law. And she says, wherever you go, I'm going. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And here we are. She's in a land, all strangers. Nobody knows her. Nobody even loves her yet except for one man. He fell in love with her instantly. And when Boaz saw her, he's going, whoa, ba-boo, ba-boo, ba-boo. 
And he says to his men, that lady there will be gleaning on our fields. Make sure you leave extra for her. And if she gets extra, don't you dare get in her way. You let her get as much as she wants. I wish you knew God loved you that much. But he says, anything you want off of the fields of my harvest, you go get it. Because you're the apple of my eye. Not a penny-pinching God. And so she comes to Boaz after all this, and she's overwhelmed. And she says in this verse here, and you probably see it up there, she says, Boaz, I don't know why you've had favor on me, but I want to thank you that you've made my life easier. People hear me. God isn't wanting you to worry so much about who you got to witness to, who you got to get saved, who you got to change. God would like for you to learn how to live in the easiness of Jesus. And out of that will come a lot of evangelism. Don't make Christianity some religious drudgery. Jesus is the one who said it. Lisa, Kevin, you've been heavy laden and you've been working awful hard and you're doing everything you can to make sure you walk right and trying to help your family and Jesus says come unto me tonight take my yoke my yoke isn't heavy like the one you're trying to carry he said learn of me and then he says this about himself you think you know with guys I'm super I'm powerful I'm tough he says I am meek and I'm lowly in heart. Come after me. See, some of you are trying to work for Jesus. You're not coming after him. There's a difference in trying to do something for Jesus and coming after him. If you'll start coming after him, your Christianity won't be near as hard. The Bible says this of Jesus and his disciples, Matthew 10, 1. He says... And he called his, it's not up there. He called his disciples to him, not for him. The problem with most American churches today is they're, they're doing stuff for God and they forget God's called them to him. Even when y'all worship and praise, you're not, you're not doing stuff for God. You're not doing stuff to make sure the congregation gets involved. If you know what you're doing, you're actually worshiping to God. And the Bible says as many as Jesus called to him, those are the ones he gave power over demons. And to heal the sick. Maybe you ought to quit working for God. And maybe you ought to let God work through you. Such favor that God has for us. We're not going to get through all of them. And, and I, I never believed that we would. But I do want to mention one that's very important to me. There's a favor of God in here tonight that will actually reinstate you and bring you back to a position of authority and power even if you lost it almost on purpose. I love it that God uh, brought David back after David's horrendous sins. David sinned a lot more than you ever have thought about. You haven't murdered anybody. Most of us haven't taking advantage of somebody with our power and molested them or raped them or whatever. David had his moments where he was a horrendous sinner. But for some reason, God's able to say, David is a man after my own heart. 
Not because he learned how to sin, but because David learned how to truly repent. He didn't do like Saul. Well, I'm sorry if it made you mad, God. I'm sorry if I'm going to... Oh, and most of us repent because we don't want the consequence. Oh, no, what's going to happen if my kids hear this? What's going to happen if the cops come? We repent because we're afraid. David never repented for the actions as much as he did. God, I'm so sorry I broke your heart. See, godly sorrow will work true repentance. Feel bad that I'm going to get in trouble, sorrow. You'll do it again in three weeks. But God said about David, watch the grace of God that gives a favor over a man that certainly didn't deserve it. He should have been disqualified, and yet God still uses him and says of his lineage and and keeps promoting him in Scripture all the way through. But God comes to David's great-grandson, Abijam, and he was in a jam because he didn't obey God. And God comes to him and says this. 1 Kings 15, 5, he says, Abijam, the reason I haven't cleaned your plow and taken you out is because I promised my people that I would never extinguish the light of David. Now, Abijam is a great, great, or uh, at least a great grandson, maybe great, great, but God says, the reason I'm not going to kill you is I made that promise with David. Aren't you glad that there's people who loved us and covered us in righteousness and that God still honors their covenant? My dad prayed over us all of our life, every day. Even even when we grew up and got into the ministry, there wasn't a day that he didn't claim the covenant seed of God in our life. And you know what? I, I still believe God's honoring that one. But God said to him, watch this, this verse. It amazes me. It, it made me mad at first. He said, David... Always did what I asked them to do. Now watch this nonchalantness I thought of God. But it wasn't nonchalantness. It was that God's grace was so great. He knew. He said, except for that one time with the Hittite. I'm saying, what God? What do you mean except for that one time with the Hittite? He, he, he had an affair with his wife while he's out fighting the war for him. Then he gets embarrassed and then he has him killed on purpose. What do you mean except for that one time? But see, some of y'all have some one times in your life and you think God can't get over it. You think God's going to always remind you of it and reflect it back to you. I want to speak something to you tonight. God is going to so touch people in this building tonight that you're going to be able to have new trials and not blame it on an old sin. We need trials. Because how are they going to know triumph if we don't go through trials? But you've got to quit thinking that every trial that comes your way, God's getting you back again. Or the devil's getting you. And God says, except for that one time. I said, oh my God. I don't know where your except for that one time is. But I know God's ready to turn it around. There's a favor on us tonight that won't let us stay out of position. Now, some of you are automatically going to say, well, the prodigal son, that's just a parable. No, when Jesus told it, he wasn't saying it just as a story. He was saying, this is the heart of my father, and this is the way some of his kids treat him. And by the way, to me, to me, and I'll just say this carefully, the church in America is the prodigal son. We're looking at individuals trying to blame people for being so bad. The church in America at large has gone prodigal on God. And much of the church in America is wallowing in pig pens right now. 
But here the, Jesus says, the father every day looking for his son. Is that him? Is that him? Is he coming yet? And most of our religiousness will say, stay away. You've embarrassed me. You've used up my money. Don't even come back to this house. And yet the father's saying, oh man, I can't wait for him to get back. And then when he sees him, and the kids are far way off. See, some of us, honestly, some of us are pretty far way off. We're not losing our salvation. We're not far way off like that. You're far way off from what God really wishes you to understand, how he wants to use you and anoint you. And to be honest with you, some of us are selfish because we're going to blame our time and our schedule and our jobs. How'd that ever happen? Because we live in a society where we've got to have so much stuff, we've got to work for it. <laughs> I know the answer to that one. And God's not mad about that, but he would like to call the prodigal sons back and daughters. And when he saw him, I always wonder why they called him Pigpen on Charlie Brown. Now I know they saw the fumes, right? He always has fumes. And God saw, the son. oh, that's him. I, I smell him. <laughs> And the father runs to where his son is. He didn't say, have penitence, whip yourself, and by the time you get here, you better really be bleeding. He said, oh, no, I need to get to you quick. I need to heal you. And I need to cleanse you. I need to take those dirty, filthy clothes off of you, give you a, a godly bath and a perfume and anointing and put the ring back on your hand. Where it, you're not coming back to my house, the Lord says, without your authority. He puts the authority back on his hand. He puts the shoes of peace on him and gives him the robe. And then he kills the fatted calf. I got in trouble when I was about six years old. My dad used to like to show us off. He was a preacher. He's teaching about the prodigal son, and he was going to show it off. And he says, Johnny... He didn't call me John. He said, John, tell these people who the most sorrowful one was in the story of the prodigal son. And he expected me to say the prodigal son. I stood up. I said, the fatted calf. He really hated that he was going to be killed. My dad said, whoa, time out. Took me out of the room. Whoop, 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 whoop. Spanked some theology in me, man. The calf wasn't near as sorry as I was. <laughs> But see, some of y'all won't even give yourself a break. You won't let God get close to you and kiss you. The Bible, the, the Greek word there, by the way, when, when the father fell on his son, Chris, I'll, I'll use him because it's only right. Here's a son. He's not prodigal, but you, you okay, Mike? You don't whip people. You don't get mad if I do something that's a little bit out. Okay, lean up a little bit. The father came and fell on his son's neck. And kissed him. That word there means the father actually fell on him in love. See, it's too bad our society don't know what it is to even fall in love. They just fall in bed now. Forget love. It ain't about love. But Bill, I'll tell you right now, the Lord has many times, even in your sleep, come to you and embraced you. That's my boy. B, you've gone through, I don't know what this is all about. You've gone through so many things. But Daddy God will not let it alone. And he will come back over and over and over and kiss you again and again. And every kiss is going to have more healing and more deliverance and more victory and more favors. Every kiss. 
We don't have to go to Jared's to get it. <laughs> Let him fall on you tonight. I'd rather the rock fall on me. Because when Jesus falls on me, he doesn't hurt me. He heals me. Amen. Would you stand? Mm. God, I want to thank you that your love will overwhelm our doubts now. I want to thank you that your love will overwhelm our fears. I want somebody to hear this correctly. May the love of God overwhelm your theology and your religiousness. Where we've boxed God in and we have him figured out as how he should move and what he should do. God, let your love overwhelm all the trauma that's in our family. Right now, come, Lord, and saturate our whole family with such love that you remove all the disorder and the dysfunctionalism, whatever it is. Raise your hands to him a minute. Let your love, dear Jesus, overwhelm our physical disabilities and sicknesses and infirmities. Jesus, let your love just overwhelm it right now. Come and love us up with your healing power as well. Lord, I thank you that your love overwhelms every place of guilt in my life. And there's so much innocence and purity coming out of you that it removes all the guilt that's been in me. Thank you that your love of faith and hope totally heals and removes all hopelessness. Your love uh, and your favor also does away with every kind of curse ever spoken over us or put on us, whether by satanic powers or human powers or even religious spirits. Jesus, your love tonight. Raise your hands and just let him love you, would you? Just get into that position with your hands where you're saying, come on, Daddy God, come on. I love you. Let's wrap, let's wrap our hearts together. I love you, Father. And I want to love you even more. And I want your love to change my life. I want your love to translate me, not just progressively cause me to get better, but translate me into the fullness of the power and the grace of God tonight. And let your love, God, and I, I, I'll probably finish with this anyway, but let your love overwhelm and be stronger than our self-pity, than our self-judgments. Lord, let your love cause us to quit putting ourselves down and disqualifying ourselves by our words and our thoughts. Let your love let us know that your word is more true than anything we've ever done. And it will not return void. If I could just at least give you this one assurance that you don't have to keep perpetuating the word of God and hyping it to make it work. His word 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. You guys need to learn how to live in the truth of that word and quit thinking you have to hype it up by some kind of observation or word confession. God, I want to thank you. Your word is sealed. It's positive. It's been purified seven times in the fire. There is nothing that can damage it. Nothing can tarnish it. Nothing can cause your word to rust or disintegrate or to rot. Your word is true right now. And we receive the fullness of your word in the power and the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. I think tomorrow night if, if most of you can come back that'd be awesome. But I, I think the Lord doesn't want us to leave without at least some, and I, it isn't that my hands are powerful but I, I really feel like God was speaking to me last night and says you know when, when this thing ends for the night I want you to have laid hands on everybody that wants to have hands laid. I, I won't lay hands on you if you don't want to. No force. But my goodness, God, we want some impartation, don't you? So thank you for being in prayer tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and fast some more tomorrow. I don't know how you fast more, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. And God have mercy on pastors tomorrow night after church. I love you guys and thank you so much and God bless you. Pastor, come on. Thank you for giving. Um, you can just remain standing just for a moment. Thank you for giving so freely of um, what God has placed on your heart for abundant life and for us and, and we receive, just as we did last night, we receive God's word. We receive it with gladness. We receive it with hope. We receive it by faith. Yes. Receive it by faith. And uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to have all of us, um, I don't know how you're going to end tomorrow night, but at some point, we're going to gather around this couple, and we're going to pray, and we're going to bless them. And so I want us to, to be prepared to do that tomorrow night. But just like last night, I want us to, to, um, to bless John and Helen again financially. They have given of themselves, and so as Abundant Life, I want us to be able to bless them financially. And again, we'll have another opportunity tomorrow night. And you don't have to pull money out of your pocket. This, all your just actually one one service we were in, the guy gives two baskets, and he should have waited, you know, because we never want our offering first. Always take the church offering, and we don't want the church's money. One one guy says, "No, we want to give you our tithe." I said, "No, no, I don't mean to humiliate you, Pastor. But we don't want your tithe." So he was he was kind of shocked with that, but. The baskets came, and I gave to the wrong basket. I gave to us. <laughs> and the guy says, uh, you're giving to yourself? I said, well, yeah, if I don't believe in me, who else is? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, will you and uh, the ushers have the baskets ready at the back again? And um, we'll be dismissed tonight. Go in the power of God. Be blessed and be a blessing. Amen? Amen. And give freely to this couple and their ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.